0: Hello, thanks for listening and joining us on the Be Yourself, Happy, Healthy, Hopeful Podcast. I'm your host, Steph, a health promoter from the Bulimia Anorexia Nervosa Association here in Windsor, Ontario. On this podcast, we explore topics related to health, mental wellness, and creating a happy, healthy, and hopeful life full of opportunities for yourself. Today, my guest is Noelle Moncom. Noelle is a registered nurse and a Team Canada Olympian athlete. Noelle graduated from the University of Windsor in 2012 and has been practicing as a nurse since 2014. Noelle also competed for the Lancers in track and field. And she is a three-time Ontario University Athletics female track MVP and won 17 OUA medals including fifteen gold medals in five years. Noelle was named Canadian Interuniversity Sport Female Track Athlete of the Year in twenty ten and won sixteen national medals, including six gold, while helping the Lancers to four provincial titles and three national titles. Talk about a talented and accomplished woman. Noelle has been representing Team Canada since 2009, and she was able to go to the Rio Olympics in 2016. Noelle is also a mental health advocate in the Windsor-Essex community and has been involved in initiatives such as CMHA's Soul Focus Project. I am so honored and so excited to be speaking to Noelle today. I hope you enjoy our talk. Here we go. Okay, I am so happy to welcome my guest for today, and it is Noelle Moncombe. Um, I did intro you, Noelle, at the beginning. I pre-recorded something about how special and amazing you are. <laughs> oh, um, thank you. <laughs> yes, but I always um, like to also ask the guests for themselves, like, Who are you and how would you describe who you are? So go on and tell everyone who you are <laughs>
1: well that's that's quite a loaded question to start right off of the bat. Mm-hmm. um so yes my name is noelle um i am um a windsorite here born raised in windsor i'm still uh living training working in windsor um it's my home base so i do work in healthcare i'm a registered nurse and i work at the uh, clinic at the university of windsor as well as a little bit in long-term care uh, in a nursing home And I am still a um, training athlete, I I compete in track and field, a uh, Olympian, I competed in 2016, and still training um, for the next Olympics, whenever they may be, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. uh, not this year, but hopefully, hopefully the next cycle, for sure.
0: Yeah, do they know, have you gotten any word as to when that might be?
1: Uh, No, right now. Well, right now it is scheduled for a year from now, actually a year from today. So supposed to be the opening ceremony today, but unfortunately they have scheduled it for next year. Fingers crossed that still remains, uh, you know, come 2021.
0: Yeah. Isn't this like such a wild time that we're living in?
1: (laughs) It really is. It's been um, emotionally taxing for everybody. So in different situations for sure. So we can appreciate that everyone's in a similar boat, but um you know facing it in different ways for sure yeah i totally agree it's like everyone is
0: um on on like sorry i can't speak today everyone <laughs> is riding the waves but i feel like some waves are much larger and maybe more chaotic than other waves um and some people are just you know like figuring it all out so yeah um, for
1: sure and yeah. you know, and hopefully you know in figuring it out and in whatever they're going through they have that support system which um yeah you know surely help everybody in this situation
0: yeah definitely i actually was before we got on i was thinking about how i ran into you at the university actually when we were doing our Mm -hmm. outreach and this was like Mm -hmm. i think it was february because it was eating disorder awareness week and Mm -hmm. then i was like oh my gosh like how much has changed since since then like only within a few months really um mm-hmm. i like was in the flesh with other people and like our world yeah. really did a 180 so it's it's really interesting um to-
1: it absolutely is i look at you know the date every now and again and i'm like how is it It's july already for instance it just yeah. feels like we have stuck back in in march and april and uh it's it's crazy as time has progressed but at the same time feels like it has stood still
0: yeah, I totally agree with you because I don't know about you, but I've kind of felt like life is on hold a little bit. And I'm sure you feel that with, like, all the training, too, you did. And then yeah. now it's like, okay, what's next? Um, so, yeah, I think I think you're right. Like, things are moving at a fast pace, yet also, like, in slow motion a little bit as well. Yeah,
1: very, it's a it's strange time that we are all trying to navigate, and together, too. So, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it sucks. That we're all facing it but everybody is you know uh tackling it together yeah yeah absolutely
0: we're all in it together um Mm -hmm. so you mentioned that you've been representing team canada since oh nine and then you Mm -hmm. um completed at the rio uh olympics in 2016 was it yeah yeah 2016 yeah so as a track and field athlete but before that you also were an athlete um for the University of Windsor as a Lancer, and you did quite well. You have a lot of accolades um, and accomplishments from your time as a Lancer. Um, So my first question is, and actually, again, I was thinking before we got on today, I was like, how do I even know Noelle? Like, because, (laughs) (laughs) but then I was like, yeah, no, she was in human kinetics because I did human kinetics. And And then, but then I'm like, but she's a nurse now. Like, how did that happen? So um, maybe you can just give me a little like preemptive of um, your time as a student and as a student athlete and how that looked um, and and how managing being a student athlete was.
1: Yeah, I mean, I look back on on those years fondly for sure, but I also look back and think um, i did a lot in a short period of time. And would I change it? No, absolutely not. I enjoyed every moment of it um, from my academics and my athletics. So I did start out in um, the human kinetics program. Uh, But then after two years, I decided I wanted to switch to the nursing program. I had heard good things about it and finished off my, um, uh, my academics, graduated from the university with a nursing degree. And I'm practicing, like I said, now as a nurse. Uh, and did compete as well for uh, the university as a Lancer in the track and field program. And I got to do five years um, under, you know, Dennis Farrell as the head coach and uh, my coach now Don Garrett has coached me through uh, the university program and still now. So definitely have met so many amazing people through that program and had an amazing experience. And they've, you know, those people that I was surrounded with and got to be a part of the team with just helped, um, you know, shape who I am on and off the track to this day. So I'm so thankful for it and uh, wouldn't have changed in any of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, like those key mentors or those key supportive people are like they go such a long way. Mm-hmm. And um, like as you get older, I think that becomes more apparent. At least for me, it has been like if I didn't have these certain key people in my life, I don't even know if I would be where I am today. Um
1: yeah yeah I think in the moment you don't necessarily realize that but you gravitate toward the same you know maybe group or handful of individuals that uh you know you, you look toward for guidance or mentorship and you, like I said you don't realize it maybe in the moment but down the line a little bit older more experienced you realize you know those people really helped to shape um how I developed and who I am now so mm-hmm. totally understand mm-hmm. understand that yeah absolutely
0: um And then I have to also, of course, ask about um, being a part of the Olympics and being on Team Canada, Canada. like that is just must have been such a surreal experience. And I know a lot of hard work went into that. Um, So can you tell us more about what being at the Olympics was like and competing? Um, And if there was like a moment that really sticks out in your brain that's like, Oh my god! I I'm here and I made it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean a surreal experience to say the least. Um, I you know look back on those memories from four years ago and just an incredible experience all around. Just from uh, making the team, first of all, uh, we had to compete at our national championships in Edmonton that year, and you know I hadn't made the team until basically down to the down to the wire and the last opportunity and having my, you know, my family and my coaches surrounding me in that moment was amazing. And then, um, you know, the lead up and the send off and, um, just, yeah, the experience over in Rio was incredible. Again, I had my family and my coach, um, they supporting me and I know they had an incredible experience as well, different than mine, but, mm-hmm. uh, a moment that sticks out would be, you know, just walking out onto the track for that first, uh, first race that I had. And i felt like i had left all the nerves back in canada and you know that the job was done and not to say the job was done and and i made it here and that's it i'm not you know i'm i'm satisfied with that i definitely was going to perform to the best of my ability and but also take in every moment and every opportunity and just appreciate the journey that it took to get there and and soak it all in and enjoy the experience and i'm happy i went in with that mentality because i think um, I got to enjoy it a little bit more and then at the same time perform well. So mm-hmm. it was an all around amazing experience that I hope to experience uh, once again, like I had mentioned.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope that for you, too. Uh, I appreciate it. It. <laughs> it makes me... Um, really happy too that like you were just present in the moment um and like took it all in and were like yeah like I did what I could to get here I'm gonna like complete compete to the best of my ability but like I'm here so enjoy it because I know it's probably like adrenaline pumping and a lot of like energy around you that I don't know that that would have been easy but I know athletes are trained in in a way where like mentally they um can like kind of slow down and 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 be present so that's really awesome yeah
1: yeah um and then i
0: just yeah go ahead did you have something no yeah
1: i was just gonna say um you did cut out uh for a little bit but i think i understood just what you were saying and just that yeah time sometimes it does you know like we were mentioning with the whole pandemic it slows down and then and then in an incident it speeds up so it's it's just kind of like you mentioned, staying in that moment and appreciating it for what it was and what got you there and just enjoying it.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and then I also recently read in the Windsor Star that you're now a part of the Lancers Hall of Fame, which is pretty cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, I had announced that earlier this week. So that was a really, um, really special uh, news to hear. And unfortunately, I don't think there'll be an in-person ceremony this year, but I know that the university... Um, University of Windsor will definitely honor all the um, Hall of Fame inductee, inductees this year, uh, mm-hmm. for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's one, I'm, I'm sure um, that, like, they'll honor it in some way, hopefully in the future in person. So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I guess I wanted to ask a little bit more about your work as a nurse as well. And what mm-hmm. drew you to becoming a nurse and being in the helping field?
1: Yeah, um, I think, I mean, cliche answer is, you know, loving to help people. And um, but for me, it's more of getting to educate and teach. And I I really enjoy that opportunity to be able to do that back at, you know, on campus at the university. It's a very different population that I'm used to um, nursing in, in the long term care and, you know, contrasting that to the elderly population. Who maybe are a little bit more set in their ways. So I'm really enjoying um, the contrast and getting to, you know, teach the the students and the younger generation. They're a little more receptive uh, to that education. Um, Mm -hmm. But I guess being the oldest of, I have two younger siblings, and just always wanting to um, mother them and teach them and uh, encourage them. So I think it kind of stems from a little bit of a little bit of that, and just really enjoying and always being interested in. science background in school and and medicine in general so a little bit of a little bit of everything I guess yeah
0: yeah I can totally relate to what you're saying about like the education piece and sharing knowledge with young people because that's a big part of my role too and um, I've worked with different populations and um I think it takes time to figure out like what you like too but I, Mm -hmm. I I've learned that I love how um because when they're more receptive to the information, it makes your more, a little, role a little bit more rewarding as well,
1: I find. Yeah, and it continues um, the cycle. It just wants you to encourage and teach and educate a little bit more as opposed to, you know, not being, teaching, you know, a non-receptive type of audience. And then it's like, well, you start to think, well, what am I doing this for if yeah. they're not going to be very receptive to it? So it's really um, enjoyable to be able to do that Um and kind of see the progression too when you have students that come um back to the clinic uh on a you know mm-hmm. regular not a regular basis but you know come back and and uh um, for checkups and whatnot. So it's really nice to be able to take part in that.
0: Mm-hmm. And also it's, it's pretty cool that you're um, continuing like as a Lancer as well.
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, in only, your I only just moved here at the clinic um, the end of last year, October. So it's been, um, it's been really cool to be back on campus. Uh, like you said, as a Lancer, mm-hmm. I don't feel that far removed from graduating um, from my academics or even you know on the track so it's kind of cool to be back immersed in in that uh, environment
0: yeah I'm I know actually when um I started working at BANA and we started presenting at human the human kinetics building mm-hmm. like we'll attend a few classes that's how I felt mm-hmm. too I'm like I feel like I was here yesterday but then yes,
1: like,
0: <laughs> I actually wasn't <laughs> <laughs> like I'd be like yeah I, I, I was in HK like acting all all like trying to be relatable but I'm like they probably are like we don't care lady (laughs) yeah um all right so one of the main reasons too that like I mean we just covered that you are quite amazing in itself and all the things that you've done but one of the other reasons that you are amazing and that I wanted to have you on too is that you are a mental health advocate in our community in Windsor, Essex, and you've partnered before with uh, CMHA, the Canadian Mental yeah. Health Association, and been a part of their Soul focus project to bring awareness to mental health. And I've also seen you out, I think, at mental health events in the past, mm-hmm. which is good to have your face in the community and just um, being like a positive influencer in our community and bringing awareness to this. So I guess I, I was just curious of why you chose to um, bring awareness to this and why it's important to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely um, a tough area and I am really enjoying, you know, just the being an ambassador for CMHA and the Soul focus project and and everything that they're doing. And, um, one of the main reasons was, well, when I returned from Rio, um, I was a lady, a local lady had reached out to me just to kind of help her on her, um, fundraising journey. For the bereavement group in Windsor, Essex, and she was, um, you know, planning on running a the Detroit Marathon and fundraising, and that's where her funds were going to. And so that kind of started my relationship with CMHA, and then led to the Soul Focus project uh, as well. But what the main reason, and it's a huge need and area, and um, you know, the education and the resources need to be there for the community and people in our community, Um, you know, breaking the stigma. That's a huge thing that um, CMHA and Soul Focus, they are pushing for, and rightfully so. But um, I had lost my dad almost 10 years ago now um, to suicide, and 16 months later, um, my uncle, his brother. So it's a huge... um, passion to me to just be able to you know speak to that topic and get that out in the community that you know we need to break these these barriers and talk about it and continue to talk about it and like I mentioned surround yourself with the positive supports just to you know be able to access those resources or continue on and and just speak about it so that's the main reason that it is that has been um you know close to me and a passion of of mine.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree that it's just like getting talking about these things and um, for people to know that they're not alone. I think like a lot of the time is people don't know where to turn or they're worried about the reaction following them saying I'm not okay. And um, so like having people in the public like yourself who are open about these things is really important to normalize it so I definitely commend you for doing that and also thank you for sharing your story there I appreciate it yeah um because like I mean you have like you've also come so far and it's it's amazing to see and to have a role model in our community that is like, you know what, these things happen, um, this is normal, and we all have to start talking about it so that someone sees you and is going through something that they say, oh my goodness, so this girl got this far, and um, Mm -hmm. and she's making it normal, so what what am I waiting for? I need to talk to someone about
1: that. Right, and like you said, just to, you know, allow others not to feel that they're alone in that situation, and Um, everybody, you know, has a brain in their head and everybody does have mental health. So, you know, to be, um, you know, feel alone in that situation, it's unfortunate and for sure, just want to continue to get that message out there that, you know, you're not alone and that you, it is okay not to be okay. And you might be okay one day and, and maybe feel okay the next. And and that cycle is going to continue, but that there's people around, um, definitely wanting to support you and resources out there for you as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I like how you uh, said that about. It's like okay, if one day you're up high and one day you're down mm-hmm. low. And I heard you talk um, on another podcast about all the emotions that um, came along with being an athlete, and then especially when you came back following the Olympics and you mm-hmm. had like a lot of emotion, but you were like, I don't even necessarily know like where it's coming from. Um, yeah. So
1: can you just talk about that a bit? Yeah, it was. Um it kind of blindsided me. I don't think I was prepared for um, those emotions that I was going to feel upon, uh, you know, returning back from such a high of the Olympic games and putting so much energy and emotion into that for, you know, X amount of years. And then you return back and it's all, you know, it's all amazing and you're soaking it all in, but then you return home and it's um, you're kind of not that life returns back to normal because that was your normal and that was your reality for so long. But, Um, I just, I I wasn't prepared to feel the way I felt and not be able to, um, really put a name to it or understand why I was feeling that way. And no one really prepared me for that. So it was very difficult and I would, I would cry for no reason. I couldn't understand why, um, and be upset over things that I couldn't understand why. So it was really interesting to go through that, uh, during what was an amazing time in my life so Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was interesting for sure yeah
0: that's that's really interesting and like if I could relate it to anything in my life it's when I've been through a big transition I guess Mm -hmm. like I know like when I moved home from Toronto I was like same thing kind of like didn't know what to do with myself i'd be crying one day (laughs) and i'm like i'm like well i made this choice though like why am i feeling all of this but it's like that transition period and we all go through transitions throughout our life but those are points in our life where you do kind of have to be especially aware of your mental health and like practice Mm -hmm. self-care um so i'm just curious if you have any self-care practices or, or what makes you feel good
1: Yeah, for me, um, I'm, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm an introvert, but I do like my own time. And I think that's really, it's really important because in order to give to others, you need to first give to yourself. So just taking that time, I like to read, I like to write now, I like to garden. um, There's podcasts that I do like to um, listen to and just things that I enjoy doing and taking the time out of the day once I've given to others to just give back to myself. And I think in order, you know, to be able to continue that cycle, you need to take care of yourself so that you can um, continue, you know, taking care of others and, and maintaining those relationships with others.
0: Mm-hmm. Like filling your cup before you f- you uh,
1: fill other cups. and, Absolutely then- and it's, it's often easier said than done, but it's um, for sure it's, it's true
0: yeah it it is it's like all those those little things too like really do add up like you said like it's as simple as gardening for you, but like that that does fill your cup and it seems so silly and little, but it it's so big in the long run it's the cumulative yeah, effect
1: it allows you just to regenerate and plug in and and
0: and regroup so yeah um. And I really like you've alluded to it a couple times of the importance of positive people and a support system to help maintain mental health. Um, why do you think a positive support system is so valuable to our mental state?
1: I, I think it's extremely important to have those people around you that are going to lift you up on those um, days where you don't feel so good. It's easy to get down on yourself and um definitely myself. I don't feel a hundred percent every day and to have the people around you that are going to believe in you and encourage you, um, wants, you know, encourages yourself to, you know, make those, those people proud. And, um, it just, it just lifts you up. And I think it's really important just to have those people that are going to believe in, in you to help you believe in yourself.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's like a huge, strong, um, message that we try to like when we're educating the youth to and going to schools is like surround yourself with those positive people and um do it do it now like just start to try to build your community because those those um those people are what you need in those times when you get a little lower and we're all gonna have the low moments right so it's just really important for our mental health so i love how you um put an emphasis on that as well um Okay, so because we are Banna and because (laughs) our focus is on eating disorders, I'm just going to shift the conversation towards food. And I know probably as an athlete, um, your relationship with food likely varies or you're fueling yourself in different ways. So I just wanted you to comment a little bit about how as an athlete, how do you think that impacts one's relationship with food?
1: yeah um it it's difficult um, mm-hmm. i I know that um, you know nourishment and fueling your body for performance looks very different from eating uh, you know than eating for health and wellness and longevity. Um, mm-hmm. And I've kind of struggled with that a little bit I, I I know the distinct difference, and you know there's times where I know I need to eat this certain way because it's going to either Um, fuel my performance, my practice, my training session, um, or my competition, or it's going to help me recover. But these things may look a little bit different from somebody who would, you know, be eating foods on a daily basis for their health and wellness. So, for example, lots of fruits and vegetables. Well, for an athlete, that's very um, hard on the digestive system. So there's different ways that, you know, an athlete could either cook those fruits and vegetables or... Uh, in order to consume them and, you know, be a little bit easier on their digestive system. But it's, you know, gaining that education, that knowledge in order to realize that. So I've kind of, it's actually been a battle, you know, in in the years past where it's, okay, I need to either eat for sport or eat for, you know, my health and wellness, like I mentioned, um, you know, for years to come. And at this time in my life, it's it's eating for sport as an athlete
0: hmm mm-hmm. yeah I know I like how um you're just kind of like laying that all out there as like it has been a battle right because logically yeah. like and you know coming from kin and coming from nursing you learn all these things about food too uh, and I'm sure like logically you're like okay like I'm I'm getting maybe like that message and then um but I know like my body needs this so I need to tune into that so it can be conflicting and I think like you laying that out there is is awesome because everyone's relationship with food is so complex, whether it come to like be culture, or where you like what you're going through in life, maybe like you don't have much of an appetite, it could be a health reason. So everyone's relationship with food really fluctuates. So it's like, really cool to hear you just lay that out there like that, too.
1: And I think too, that every body is different Your, mm. you know one's body may not have an issue um you know with this type of diet but another person's yeah. may i was actually i was having a conversation with um, somebody recently and she was speaking to putting we were talking about smoothies and so putting um I always try to sneak a veggie in there. People love their fruit smoothies, but I try to sneak a veggie in. But I don't do well with raw veggies. So I said, well, what I do right now with zucchinis, I shred them and then kind of just steam them so that they're a little bit more digested and I'm able to consume it a little easier. Um, it's easier on my system. So uh, yeah, I think th- I, it was interesting to find out that just like people react differently and then it's important to just kind of imp- be able to implement that into your
0: your everyday life. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. And like, it could be in the preparation to make it um, more digestible for you. Yeah. Or it could be like timing of food. So Absolutely. yeah, there's so many things to consider when it comes to food. So it's, I always like caution people when you are hearing advice that, you know, like you're an individual and you got to do what's mm-hmm. right for you as well. And um, tune into the body and see what it needs it needs and I think yeah yeah, and like your experience as an athlete has probably made you very in tune with your body
1: (laughs) it takes a lot of trial and error for sure but um yeah it's uh it's still I think I'm still learning too still learning because my like I'm changing so Mm -hmm. there's still still learning to to be had for sure
0: yeah so actually I didn't I didn't um give you this question beforehand (laughs) but i'm just curious also um if you're comfortable with talking about your own body image too um so like at Banda, like body image is basically how we think and feel about our bodies and um maybe like I don't know. Cause you're so like frequently training. I, I just am curious if like, if there's times when you're not training and your body might, you that might be visible in your body. And if there any emotion behind that, or, um, is this, is this like not even something that comes up for you?
1: Oh, I would, I would say that, um, I didn't actually get the whole question cause you cut out. So I just want you to repeat the question so I
0: can. Yeah, sure. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, so basically it was, surrounding body image and yeah. if um, the way you think and feel about your own body has changed as an athlete like perhaps in times when you're like training like so much more frequently and then there's like uh-huh. off times where you might not be training as much and maybe like it's visible in your body or or maybe it's not something that even is on your radar yeah. but I'm just uh, curious if body image is ever a factor for you.
1: Yeah, um, in my sport, I guess, in in track and field, and in every sport, you you go through phases in your training and your competition, it's not a year round thing. So your body definitely changes. So in in my base season um, phase, more in the fall, I'm going to look different and feel different than I do at this time of year in the summer when I'm training or when I'm competing um, and racing uh, more frequently. So just by nature of my training my body really changes Mm -hmm. um it's sometimes difficult to kind of accept it but Mm -hmm. i understand the reason why um and just kind of comes with i guess with the training that i'm going through yeah
0: um
1: down to yeah no that's
0: a um a good point that you make that like you kind of take yourself away from it and you're like well this is why and you have like that logical thought like logical brain that plays a part right Um, (laughs) Yeah, so like cuz a, a lot of young women if their their body is changing, they're focused so much on the appearance of it versus well, maybe there's something internal that like you need to be more aware of or maybe I, you just need to say like listen, my I'm, I'm my body is changing and this is normal, right? So um it don't it's like not to get hard on yourself about it, but this is like part of life, right? And and maybe part yeah, of the totally. cycles. Yeah yeah
1: and recognizing yeah whatever the reason may be and and what it maybe stems from, and tackling that for sure,
0: yeah, all right, awesome, so um, this podcast it actually started because um you actually might know Sarah santa rosa mm-hmm. yeah she yep. yeah, so she was doing research um in in collaboration with Banna. And so the focus was really on social media and how like social media now has an effect on how like we are feeling about our bodies too. And, um, so, I know that like you do have an online presence because you are an athlete and, mm. um, we definitely believe that you are one of those positive influencers online <laughs> and, <I see> that. <laughs> and, uh, given a lot of positivity and encouragement and in- inspiration. Um, so do you, like, why would you think it's important for athletes in the, or others in the public eye to be mindful of what they are posting online?
1: Well, definitely, just because of of how the world is nowadays, with the amount of social influence um, and presence that you have, you, I don't think one realizes who they're influencing and how many mm-hmm. they're influencing. And and for me, it's you know being a lot of what I you know post uh, on social media is my athletics or my mental health. Um. um you know, involvement there. And so I think it's, I can understand and realize that I do have a lot of younger generation that sees that and looks up to that. And so just being mindful and posting in, I guess, that same lane um, and staying just true to, you know, who I am and myself and and that um, and a brand, I guess, if you will, and just understanding that there are people who are looking up to you and are going to, uh, going to s- see everything you know what I mean and that's just the the world that we now live in so I think it's it's extremely important for athletes to recognize that Mm -hmm. and stay true to themselves
0: Mm -hmm. and even um also like that's a piece of advice we do give to young people too is like You never know who's going to be looking at that. And like, maybe you will want to get on that track team one day. And then like, you never know if that coach has some like, Mm -hmm. like comes across a post that like doesn't align with the team's values. Like you never know how that might impact you as well. Right. So it's a good um, message, you know, like not only like where you are in life, but even like a young person to be mindful of too. Right. Yeah, for sure. I
1: think it's interesting another way that I kind of approach social media is like a personal journal or diary. So a lot of times I will draft a post or, and I'll just sit on it and I'll save it and think about it and how it aligns with, you know, where I am now. And if maybe a day or two or a week or a month passes and it, you know, still doesn't speak to me. um, It was still true to me at that time. And I did it for myself, but didn't necessarily have to share it with, um, the public and those that um, I may be influencing
0: mm-hmm. yeah I really like that Think it's like a think and pause before you post yeah absolutely yeah no I do that too I I use my notes app all the time and like mm-hmm. you said like it's just also a way to get out like yeah. a,
1: like a brain dump almost yeah exactly it's just my way of kind of journaling but um in a different
0: different platform yeah um and you and i were lucky enough that we didn't grow up with social media like
1: and all of the pressures
0: associated with it um uh and i know that on the intake form that you filled out for us also you you wrote that social media can sometimes feel overwhelming um and you I can also admit that I've fallen into what you call popcorn brain when like you're on your phone and it's just like, uh, starting to aimlessly scroll and you're like, what am I even doing on here? And like going from app to app. Um, so (laughs) what, uh, is there any steps that you may take that you put like for boundaries around social media use?
1: I'm still, I'm still trying to instill those boundaries with myself because I do struggle with that popcorn brain. Um, mindlessly you know just spending mindless time where it could be put elsewhere but trying to eat my meals I guess without being on my phone or social media um but there are times or phases that I go through when I'll just delete the apps from my phone I won't delete my um accounts or anything but i'll just delete it from my phone so i know that you know there's no way I, I need to either log in again or i can't just easily open the app and just you know be mindless with it Hmm.
0: yeah i know that's a good one <laughs> sometimes it. Yeah. sometimes i need to do that too just for like um self-preservation
1: <laughs> yeah i'm like no we're done here we're gonna just take a break yeah because break. we're yeah getting cool. nothing from it
0: so yeah i totally agree um but I am curious if online you do have any uh, profiles that you follow or role models that you um, do follow and look up to that you find really valuable to like include in your social media.
1: Um, I don't want to say like none stick out to me right now. Um, <laughs> <but> I guess <laughs> that's really bad to say. But um, no, there's definitely... Um, I can tell there's ones because I mean, that's just how the algorithm works where you're going to see those ones that you're, you're frequently engaging with. So mm-hmm. I can, I can tell that there are ones that more um, I'm drawn to more often than not. Um, which means maybe I need to go through a little social media dump and just kind mm-hmm. of go through that. And that's okay too. Maybe it doesn't speak to you anymore. And um yeah, you know, you want to align with what with what does and what makes you feel good. So,
0: no, that's a like awesome piece of advice. Also, something that we usually recommend too. Like every so often, go through your social media if something's making you feel like a
1: little off. Like it's there. time to get rid of them. Um, it's like, why am I still following this? You know, exactly area. And so that doesn't speak to me anymore, so
0: it's okay. Yeah, no, it's definitely okay. It's always okay to adapt and modify. <laughs> um, so I wanted to end it on a couple of kind of, like, fun questions. So no. at Banna, we're all about enjoying all kinds of different foods. That includes, like, food. Uh, our everyday foods that give us lots of nutrition and help us thrive. And then it also includes our sometimes fun foods that are there for like pleasure and that we really like. So I was wondering if you have a favorite fun food that you'd want to share.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Anything brownies. Brownies and chocolate are my number one. And I do, I love to bake. I'm not terribly good at it, but I love it. And so I'll try to make, um, those things that I really do enjoy, just a little bit healthier. So for example, I just made some zucchini brownies and they are delicious. Mm -hmm. And I just feel, yeah, that would be one of my favorites, would be brownies for sure.
0: Ooh, good choice. Love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And oh, because our podcast name, um, it's the Be Yourself Podcast and it's happy, healthy, hopeful is the tagline. And so I ask at the end of every episode to all my guests, um, what might you be hopeful for going forward in 2020? And that can be either something you're hopeful for yourself or also for the world that we're living in right now. So it's up to interpretation. But what are you hopeful for?
1: Just that we can continue to be kind to one another. We are all facing this you know, struggle right now together and we are only going to come out of it on the other side together and that is just going to start with just being kind with one another you don't know day to day what somebody is going through um and just you know a smile or just plain kindness can go a long way for that person
0: Mm, awesome answer i love that um, so I just want to thank you again so much for being on our podcast. You are definitely... Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. It's a pleasure. Um, you are definitely, um, a very inspiring Windsorite for, I think, uh, multiple different reasons. So, um, we are really lucky to have had your opinion on various topics today. So thanks so much, Noelle. Um, If people wanted to learn more about you, is there somewhere online that they could seek you out?
1: So most of my social media handles, I guess I'm most prominent on Instagram and Facebook, is just my first and last name. So Noel. Motcom. hmm
0: yeah. And I'll, I'll note that in um, if that's OK with you in our episode yeah. description. So if they didn't want to follow along your journey and also find out, like, what happens uh, going forward and if um, you will be able to eventually um, go to another Olympic Games, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Let's cross our fingers for Noel, <laughs> um, And yeah, so thanks again. And if anyone listening is looking more for information regarding eating disorder services within the Windsor Essex community, please please visit our website at www.banna.ca. All right, so that wraps it up. Thank you so much, Noel.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Good
0: chatting with you. <laughs> All right, have a great uh, rest of your day, and we'll talk soon.
1: Awesome. Thanks a lot.